0: Hello, before you go any further, a quick favour from me to you, please. If you're loving my podcast, if I'm helping you change your life or giving you new ideas you never had before, please consider buying me a cup of coffee to thank me and to support me for my free work here. I put a lot of time, love and effort into these podcasts to help all of you get the jobs that you deserve, perhaps change your pronunciation and, of course, bring in the income that you need. If I have helped you, could you please help me? Recently, I lost the sponsorship of the podcast from Anchor and it means that there is zero income coming into this program and yet i'm still trying to record podcasts for you all so follow the link down in the show note or you can go to eslbusinessenglish experts.com or initial-impact.com and sponsor the show by clicking the links there Thank you very much. Also grab yourself your free mini version of Fix Your Pronunciation Fast, my downloadable coaching audios and video program. It's on a limited basis only, so grab it while you can at impactquantumsuccess.gumroad.com and find the Fix Your Pronunciation link there. Finally, we have one sponsor that's providing free ESL English, IELTS OET, AMC, immigration, jobs, coaching, lots of support and resources there, you need to go to iwantout.wildapricot.org and you can check them out there. Thank you very much. Enjoy the program and keep going. Hello and welcome to another podcast. It is Coach Mark Manila
1: here from ESL, BusinessEnglishExperts.com and Initial-Impact.com. Welcome to the show. So this is a sub-series starting today now to help lawyers. I'm getting lots of contact from legal people wanting a similar series as I'm doing for the doctors and medics. And yes, I do have expertise in coaching lawyers, wanting to relocate all over the world. I work with lawyers in who are looking to go to the UK but also heading to Singapore as well and I have legal people in the UK wanting to get out of the UK and go to other parts of the world. I also have lots of Japanese lawyers, you name it, I coach you. So if you are a legal person or perhaps studying law at the moment, maybe you are an undergraduate or a graduate doing your master's, stick around for this program or perhaps you're looking to career change. If you are and you're thinking of taking law then this is going to give you some idea of where in the world you can Go to And today we're going to be speaking about, yeah, going as a lawyer from another part of the world to Australia. It's a popular country for many different professions, doctors, lawyers, medics, these types of things, okay? So let's talk about what you need to know. So clearly, firstly, you'll probably be looking at taking the eye You'll need that um, if you're a lawyer because you have to show that you have passed a certain standard, okay? Um, and of course, if you're a lawyer outside of Australia, and you would like to migrate to Australia and practice law, you've got to have your qualifications assessed, OK? It has to be checked that is comparable. Um, often, you need to take the IELTS test. It really depends um, on what their specific requirements are for you and where you're from. So English language requirements, let's just chat about that briefly. Um, if you're coming from India um, or other places around the world, so say Japan, anywhere where English is your second or not your first language, then you need to ensure that you've got sufficient knowledge of written and spoken English. It's essential for working the legal practices, right? Okay. And more often than not, going to be a requirement for your visa as well. And um, This also applies to you if you're a teacher, a professor, a lecturer, maybe you're going to lecture on law. Um, again, I have Lecturers all over the world, Turkey, Egypt, um, going to all different countries, Canada, Australia, okay? So you often need this for your visa. It's just a standard thing. However, not everybody needs to do an IELTS test. um, And really, it's important for you to know what, what specifically you're going to be asked to do. Now, if we're looking at the IELTS for migration, um, it will follow a particular format. Um, So, if we look at it, if you're planning to migrate um, to an English-speaking country like Australia, then you need to often provide evidence of that English language ability. And IELTS is the one that is the gold standard for studying, um, working and migrating in Australia, Canada, New Zealand and the UK. It's recognised by over 11,000 organisations. Uh, those are educational institutions, employers, governments, you know, you name it, and over 140 countries around the world. So with your IELTS result, you're one step closer to achieving your migration dream. Okay, um, now really IELTS is probably your best choice. I get asked by other people about the other options out there. But really, it is your best one for you. It's a really good and solid gold standard, I would say, and it's rigorous. It is absolutely rigorous. Um, now, from my point of view, I've coached many different students, okay, um, whether they be dentists, doctors, lawyers, okay, um, and really, you've got to know where you're planning on going to and prepare well in advance so that you are aware of what you need. Now, Australia, which we're talking about today, um, is of course a fantastic country. It's diverse, and um, it's got a good economy, although obviously every economy worldwide has been trashed by COVID, um, but of course it is a nice, clean, beautiful country, All right, in general, right? the air is clean, nice beaches, it's very attractive to people, relocating maybe from the Philippines, or um, of course from India, um, other developing countries, it is of course, offering you a better way and quality of life. Now, um, when you think about it, what type of Australian visa do you need? Well, of course, it really depends, doesn't it? So skills-based Australian visas, there's skilled ones, there's regional ones, okay? There's a whole range of them. There's also the employer-sponsored visas and the temporary skilled work class, okay? But it really does depend on where and how you're going into Australia and what you are planning to do. So, in this particular case today, we're talking about being a lawyer, okay? Um, So, the IELTS for Lawyers, let's just talk about the IELTS side of it first. So, what you need to know, okay, to enter the legal profession in Australia from overseas, you need to have an IELTS band score of 8 on the writing test. Yep, okay, you've got to be at an exceptional level for that. Um, you've got to be aware of these factors. Okay? Um, when it comes down to the others, okay, listening you need a minimum of 7, reading a minimum of 7 and speaking 7.5 okay? and you've got to show that you can do this okay, um, against the IELTS scoring criteria. All right, so it's really important that you take the academic IELTS test as well, not the general training. There is a big difference between the two. Also, your test results must be no more than two years old at the time of applying for admission. So, that's really important for you to be aware of. Unfortunately, even if you've got a great score, if it's over two years old, you're going to have to take that test all over again. All right, okay. Um, Now, when you think about it, there are some exemptions from the IELTS test, okay. Um, not all foreign legal professionals need to do that. For instance, if you are a native English speaker from the UK, the USA, or Canada, you are possibly exempt. Okay. Um, and you can check all that out um, provided um, by uh, the Australian states. Okay. Each region has its own guidelines for exemption from IELTS, so you just need to look at the region you're hoping to go to, okay, um, and then find out whether you are exempt. Now, you can't practice Australian law if you are a registered foreign lawyer. okay. However, you may employ Australian legal practitioners. So, if you think about it, um, you can find a lot of information about the requirements of registration as a foreign lawyer from the authority in the jurisdiction where you wish to practise, right? So in general, if you are an overseas lawyer and you want to practise as an Australian lawyer, you've got to complete and pass the compulsory, what they call priestly 11 subjects. So these are administrative law, civil dispute resolution, company law, contracts, criminal law and procedure, ethics and professional responsibility, evidence, equity, including trusts, uh, property, federal and state constitutional law and of course the law of torts. Um, now, there are a wide range of Australian universities that can assist you with that. And again, you can check all those out by just Googling around that, as I say, the Priestly 11 subjects. And if you want more detail on this, then do obviously have a chat with me. Um, I am no immigration lawyer, um, just to be very clear on my legal disclaimer here. And what I'm giving you is not professional advice or guidance about how you can immigrate. So do check out your own research and get this clarified by a visa specialist. But I can introduce you to partners who are qualified visa experts and they can certainly assist you with that. And of course, when it comes down to the coaching and ensuring that you're ielts is up to scratch i can assist you there it can also put you in touch with a wide range of different organizations if you're looking to arrange things such as housing and or just to sort out other things including if you've got a family and you need to sort schooling out all right okay now how do you become a lawyer in australia well that's important so let's talk about victoria it's one of the, the, the popular areas where many of my students go to Um, If you want to practice in the Australian state of Victoria, you need to contact the Victorian Legal Admissions Board, and they assess your qualifications. They also determine the requirements for applicants to be eligible for admission to practice in Victoria. Um, In general, you're eligible to have your qualifications assessed if you're a foreign graduate and you hold a qualification in law that is academic, so the LLB or equivalent, all right? Also, if you're a foreign lawyer who's admitted and able to practice as a legal uh, practitioner in a jurisdiction outside of Australia. So, those two things, okay, either or of those two things, you would be eligible to have your qualifications assessed. So, foreign grad with the LLB. Okay, or if you're a foreign lawyer who is admitted and eligible to practice in a jurisdiction outside of Australia. And I'm going to go into this in more detail in my other podcast on this about the Victorian legal admissions. So check that one out next. Let's talk about becoming a lawyer in New South Wales. Okay, that's another popular area. So what do you need to know? Okay, if you need to practice in the NSW. So again, to be admitted as a lawyer to the Australian legal profession, okay, you've got to be admitted. Okay, as a lawyer to them and hold a current Australian practicing certificate. So it's harder. So to do this in New South Wales, okay, it's not like Victoria. You actually have to be admitted as a lawyer to the Australian legal profession and hold a current Australian practicing certificate. If you're admitted to the legal profession in an overseas jurisdiction other than New Zealand, you must apply to the legal professions admissions board. That is called the LPAB. They will assess your qualifications of practical legal training before you can apply for admission to the Supreme Court of New South Wales. So you can see that this is going to be a little bit harder. Okay, If you're after New South Wales, this might take a bit more than just one step. Queensland, Okay, that's the final uh, third most popular place that many of my candidates and clients go to. So to practice as a solicitor in Queensland, is four steps. Firstly, completion of an approved law degree. I think that's fairly standard. Completion of an approved practical legal training course or supervised traineeship okay the third thing application for admission to the role of lawyers and then the final step application for that practicing certificate and the queensland law society assesses foreign lawyers who want to practice in australia so i'm going to go into each of those regions in separate podcasts this is just a general 101 basic introduction okay um, before, of course, you can go to um, Australia. You need to be fully aware of the migration rules and regs. Okay, so the occupation of lawyer solicitor is currently on Australia's medium and long term st- strategic skills list. Gracious, it's a tongue twister, right? Okay, it's often given the acronym. Are you ready? MLTSSL. All these acronyms, right. Um, To apply for a visa under this program, you need to meet a threshold of 60.60. Not sure how they work? Well, um, I go through all of that for you in another podcast, all right. Also, as a lawyer or solicitor, basically, you apply either independently or you can get sponsorship by state or territory government. Okay, so you can even have a close family member Um, in a region of Australia, apply to sponsor you as well, but there has to be some close relationship there. It can't be like a second cousin of somebody who was (laughs) half removed. Um, The visa subclasses under the General Skilled Migrant Programme that can be used are the subclasses 189, 190 and 489. And again, we can uh, look at more of that information and you can check that out obviously on the Australian um, Permanent Residency Visa section on the government's websites, but I will go into that in another podcast. Also, in addition to obtaining points for age, English ability, work experience and qualifications, you must have the skills assessment by the appropriate authority. So not only do you have to fit the age criteria, your English level, your work experience and qualifications, and this has got to also be completed. All of this um, before an expression of interest can even be made under the Skill Select Programme. So this is the order you've got to do it in. You've got to ensure you meet the points criteria for the age, your IELTS ability, right? For your English, your work experience and your qualifications, and the skills assessment by the authority. Once you've got all of that, then you can do your expression of interest under the Skill Select Programme. So this is the way that you would need to go about it at the moment anyway okay this is from my current research and from my knowledge from what i'm hearing from my existing and previous clients okay but as i say this is not absolutely exhaustive do, do your own research do your diligence uh, your legal people so you know what i'm talking about here And uh, I cannot be held liable for anything that happens if you take any of this information and take it as given, and it turns out it's not, okay? And please, please use the the expert visa people and, of course, the main Australian Government Immigration Board. Now, before you migrate, obviously you need to have those skills assessed by the relevant National Assessment Authority. um, And the assessment authority for your occupation is the legal admission authority for the state or the territory you wish to practice in, okay? So um, there are many different um, areas, so you need to know obviously which one you're looking to apply to, because that is going to then dictate where you go next and what you do next, all right? Um, I often get asked a lot of questions as well um, about becoming a lawyer um, and also, you know, how it all works for you over there. So I'm going to break those down um, here just very briefly. But the main ones that come up okay, is how much the lawyers tend to earn. Well, it varies. I mean, back in 2020, the average salary was around $103,000 per year in Australia. Okay, um, If you're full time and obviously it's an adult wage, then you're looking at that being about $1,646 a week um so really it's high if you compare it to the average wage there which is about 1460 okay so you're earning about mm, nearly about another 200 extra a week um earnings tend to be low if you are starting out and obviously increases your experience grows which is like most professions right um, what can you do with a law degree in Australia? Well, when you've completed a law degree and been admitted as a solicitor, clearly you can do a number of things. But the main things are obviously interviewing clients to determine the nature of problems and recommend and give you know appropriate legal action, uh, prepare the cases for court, uh, conducting investigations, arranging uh, witness reports, maybe um, you know give notice of court actions. You can represent your clients in court. Uh, Prepare and review, you know, contracts. Prepare wills, advice on family law, company law, partnerships. It depends on where you want to specialise in. Clearly, you can act as a trustee or guardian. You can execute clients' wills and, and manage things such as conveyancing, property man- man- matters. So, um, you know, sale of contract, mortgage documents, lease documents, all of these these things that you know you would expect to be standard. All right. Um, also, if you've got a law degree, right, you might not necessarily always want to go in and be a lawyer here, but just some other ideas for you. Um, eight careers that really value law graduates highly at the moment. Obviously, uh, HR, so human resources, because there's a good element of law there as well. Um, getting to wealth management or investment banking. Uh, many of my legal uh, contacts and clients in Hong Kong are also in banking. Right. So looking at compliance and things like that and ensuring that uh, there's no problems in that area. Also, journalism. That's another one where law can come in handy. Accounting, politics, of course, and management consulting, you know, Um, you might even just want to work within law courts to support judges, you know, and and this type of thing. So think about it in a wider range as well. is law a good career in australia well i guess it depends doesn't it i mean if you look at the salary obviously it's a high uh, high average salary compared to the average um so yes it possibly is i mean at the time of about um, 2020 about 84 percent of lawyers work full-time in australia all right okay and um, back in a research report i found from 2018 so it's a little little old now I'd say, but the unemployment solicitors in Australia was well below the average back then. So I would say that they're in fairly good demand. And clearly, if it's on that long-term, short and long-term list from the Australian government, um, I would say that there is good evidence that this is going to be a continuing need in Australia. Um, Also, just for interest for you, um, an Australian government report, which I will go over at another podcast indicated employers based in regional areas have less success clearly filling their vacancies because they attract a smaller number of applicants. So I would say... Uh, look at regional migration. If you're really concerned and you just want to get a foot in the door, and that's a good idiom, if you just want to get your first step into Australia um, and then move once you've got your permanent residence sorted, then I would consider looking at the possibilities to go into those regional areas because there's less candidates, so there's less competition, okay, Um, and it's a really good idea for you to Just get used to working and practicing Australia in a smaller capacity there before moving to the bigger territories, okay? So I really hope this has assisted you. Um, I'm going to put some links down below, uh, particularly books for IELTS for lawyers, okay, so this is going to assist you because you need to be able to speak in very academic ways, Um, so do check them out, and please remember, if you purchase, which I would hope you do, from the bookstore, um, 10% of the profits go to maintaining and supporting independent bookstops and bookshops, okay, in addition, a remaining 10% of what you pay does come to me, as a referral fee and I use that obviously to keep these free podcasts going and also we're trying to build the Spencer Stars Foundation charity here which will give education to street kids who are out there at the moment selling rags and fruit on the streets and not in school because they're supporting their family and we want to bring these children in at least one or two hours every week to a location somewhere where we can find it once we can fund it. Give them some food from local restaurants and uh, generous goodwill donations and give them some English coaching and also teach them some business and entrepreneurial skills and enable them to set up proper fully fledged businesses so that they can properly support their families and themselves and not have to be out there on the streets. So thank you very much in advance for deciding to purchase your books from my bookstore and not giving it to Goliaths like Amazon. Okay,
0: so thank you very much
1: for listening. Check out my other podcasts on the legal series. I hope these are going to be as popular as the medics ones. The medics ones will still keep coming. Also, there's going to be loads more for different sectors. I'm getting people messaging in um, in sustainable energy, engineers, uh, software designers. So I'm going to be a busy boy, I think, but um, I hope that this is really helpful. Please tell anybody in the legal professions about these podcasts. They are free, okay? Um, Put me out on your social media. Please tweet me. Tell people that this has been helpful. Also ask them to spread it themselves. I would like to reach as many people as I can worldwide in the time I have left available to me on planet Earth. So please assist me to help as many of you as I can
0: and upload me everywhere to the Internet. Take care. Stay safe. See you in the next podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my podcast and if you have enjoyed it, please feel free to sponsor a segment. If you're listening on Spotify, you can simply go to sponsor this podcast and you will be able to sponsor me for as little as just 99 cents a month, which is highly affordable and also gratefully appreciated. If you prefer to do something one-off, then you can just simply buy me a cup of coffee. Again, details are in the show notes below each program and you can click there and pay securely via Stripe. And again, this enables me to continue Providing these podcasts totally free of charge for you all here. So, even if you can't afford high level coaching, I'm sure that every now and again you might want to sponsor me to enable this podcast to keep running for as long as possible for you. Thank you in advance for everything you can do to help keep me keeping these going for you. And of course, you can just simply help me by spreading the word about the podcast. Put me on your social media everywhere that you go. Tweet about me, blog about me, whatever you'd like to do about me, as long as it's beneficial and it's polite, okay? I welcome all of that, but please just circulate the information far and wide. Our job here in the Coach Mark Manila family is to get this information into the hands of the people like you who really need this and deserve to get this at a really free price. Take care. I'll see you
1: soon.